It is because Jesus Christ, the second person of the Trinity, the Son of God, who gave up the glories of heaven and came to earth, lived a perfect, sinless life, and bore our penalty in our place, was whipped, tortured, crucified, and killed in our place. And that the Father accepted the sacrifice and proved that acceptance by raising Christ from the dead on the third day as he had prophesied he would. It is because of the communion that we have with Jesus that our communion with the Father has been restored. So it is most fitting this morning that we celebrate our communion with Jesus Christ through the Lord's Supper as he commanded. All of the, the prophets and the supposed gods of, of all different religions, do you know what the problem is with all of them? They're all dead. But our God is alive. Amen. Hallelujah. Easter Sunday is a time of joyous celebration for Christians, and rightly so. The God of the universe has rescued us. The resurrection of Jesus Christ proved two things above, above any doubt. And the first thing is that it proved that Jesus Christ was who he said he was. The second thing it proves is that God the Father was pleased with Jesus' sacrifice and accepted it on our behalf. Easter is also called Resurrection Sunday. And it's a festival and holiday celebrating the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. It is the culmination of the Passion Week of Jesus. Easter is Christianity's most important holiday because the resurrection establishes Jesus Christ as the one and only powerful Son of God. But what's so special about Easter, really? You know, when I was a child, it was a time for Easter egg hunts and Easter baskets and lots of chocolate and candy. And then, oh, and of course, an hour at church that morning. And when I was a teen, it meant Good Friday off from school and lots of good food. That's important to a teenager. When I was a young employee, it meant an extra half day off at work. We got out at noon. Anecdotally, that doesn't happen much today. Fewer and fewer companies honor Good Friday. But when I became a Christian, it meant that the God I worship was alive and all-powerful and rescued me from sin and sin's eternal consequences. You know, as a Christian, I still live in a fallen world, a cursed world. And because of that, there are still trials that come my way. 
there are still trials that I have to walk through. I don't understand that. I shouldn't have to because I'm redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. But somehow I think God has a bigger picture than I do. I think God's picture is that when others see me walk through the same trials they do, but with a different attitude, a different heart, and a different outcome, that brings glory to God, and they want to know what I have that they don't. Christians believe, according to Scripture, that three days after his death on the cross, Jesus Christ, God's Son, came back to life and was raised from the dead. And through his death, burial, and resurrection, he paid the penalty for sin, thus purchasing redemption for all who believe in him. I'd like to look at some scriptures. I kind of pulled from this gospel and that gospel to try to put them in chronological order, sort of. It's not exactly right, but for the purposes of the message this morning, which, by the way, will not be a long one because this is a day to celebrate. <laughs> um, but, but for the purposes of this message, the fact that they happened is more important than the order in which they did. So starting from Luke, cha Luke chapter 24, verse 1, now on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb, bringing the spices which they had prepared. The fact that they purchased spices which were not inexpensive and that they had prepared them tells me they expected to see Jesus in the grave that morning, Sunday morning. From Mark 16, verses 1 through 3, now, when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, mother, Mary, the mother of James and Solomon, bought spices that they may come, might come and anoint him. Very early in the morning, on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb when the sun had risen. And they said among themselves, Who will roll away the stone from the door of the tomb for us? They fully expected that stone to be sealing the tomb. But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Then they went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And it happened as they were greatly perplexed about this, that behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. Then as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? You know, isn't that so true of so many today? They seek answers to life from that which has no life? The greatest questions in the world, or, or I believe, are number one, who is God? And number two, who am I and what am I here for? Why do I exist? You will not find those answers in the earth, and you will not find those answers in the world. There's only one place you can find those answers, and that's in faith, through faith in Jesus Christ and in his, his written word. He is not here. Who do you seek? Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered, delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again. And they remembered his words. From Mark 16, verses 9 through 11. Now, when he arose early on the first day of the week, speaking of Jesus, he appeared 
first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom had been cast seven demons. She went and told those who had been with him as they mourned and wept. And when they heard that he, when they heard that he was alive and had been seen by her, they did not believe. They heard the same words Jesus said, that he would rise on the third day. But just the hardness of our hearts, of human hearts. It's hard to believe what is not normal. It's hard to believe the supernatural. Our expectations are not set on the things above, but on the things we know. There are some of you fighting disease, <coughs> like me. There are some of you going through hard places. And I want to tell you this morning, set your expectations on the things above, not on the things that are familiar in this world. Because God loves you. He proved that when Jesus died on the cross. Expect a different outcome than the world would say or give. Again, in Luke chapter 24, verses 9 through 12, then they, the women, returned from the tomb and told all the things to the eleven and the rest. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and other women with them who told these things to the apostles. And their words seemed like idle tales. That's what a lot of people say about Jesus today from the world. It's just a folk tale. It's just a tale. It's a story. And they did not believe him. But Peter arose and ran to the tomb. Stooping down, he saw the linen cloths lying by themselves, and he departed, marveling to himself what had happened. Marveling. You know, it didn't even once enter Peter's mind that somebody stole the body. No. Peter marveled at what had happened because he knew what had happened. Because Jesus said, had told him what would happen. As we look at this Easter account in Scripture, we see a myriad of different responses to that first Easter morning. The women who went to prepare for Jesus' burial expected to find him dead in the tomb. Otherwise, they would not have purchased the spices, right? Mary Magdalene encountered Jesus with, uh, had an encounter with the risen Christ and went to tell Christ's followers. But some refused to believe a report. Perhaps they thought she was just a distraught woman fantasizing what she so badly wanted to be true. I don't know. Perhaps they thought she was mistaken or somebody played a cruel joke on her. One of the uh, other elders said, I would, not, I would take advantage of the fact that today is April Fool's Day. But I want to tell you something. The only fools today are those who do not believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that he paid the price for our sins and he rose again to give us new life in this world as well as in the next. And that's not my judgment. That's what Scripture says. And while Peter knew she was speaking the truth, he still had to see for himself. And isn't that how we are? 
<laughs> Show me state. Thank you. Yeah, especially in Missouri, right? Yeah, it's just human nature everywhere. We just coined it. And I think some of Christ's followers wanted to believe that Jesus is the Christ, but like Thomas, they needed to experience him for themselves. They needed to see the holes in his hands, technically his wrists, and the holes in his feet, the spear wound in his side, before they would really, really be convinced. And that's what it takes. That's what faith is. It's not just knowing here. It's being convinced in your heart. And they must have been, because why else would they go across the world, known world, why else would they subject themselves to persecution and martyrdom if they didn't know for a fact that Jesus was the Christ? They wouldn't have. And some of you believe Jesus is the Christ, but you question his promises, perhaps just like Peter did. Peter had to go and see to make sure. The Bible is full of promises. And yet, when push comes to shove, how many times do we doubt instead of believe? But I have good news for you today. No, I have great news for you today. Jesus Christ is risen. He is who he said. And what he said had to be true. Because if he lied even one time, God the Father would not have accepted his sacrifice and he would not have been raised from the dead. Every word in the Bible is true. Every promise is mine. Because Jesus is who he said he was. And he did what he said he would do. And the Father accepted it. And that means every day should be a Christian's day. But today, more than any other day, really ought to be our day. It's the day when we celebrate the fact that we serve a living God. And you know what? It's not just that we're servants. We are king's kids. He adopted us into his family. You go back to... Go all the way back to Genesis and, and to the, the garden. Why did God create man? Yes, for his pleasure, but his pleasure was to have somebody like him. The angels aren't like God. He wanted somebody like him who would love him, who would be his family. That was his purpose in creating us. That was the pleasure he derives in us. I have to believe that Jesus knew that Adam and Eve would eat from the tree of the fruit of knowledge of right and wrong. And you know why I believe that? Because if we didn't, then we wouldn't truly be like God. We wouldn't truly have a self-choice. And we wouldn't have the ability to choose to love God as our father, as our daddy, and to walk and represent him in this world and to spend eternity with him in heaven. He had to give us that opportunity to choose to love him. 
because that's what he truly wanted. Our relationship with God the Father was broken by sin, but it's been restored by the, ble- by the redeeming blood of Jesus Christ and the Father's acceptance of that sacrifice. Just as the Father embraced the prodigal son, so we are embraced by God the Father's love. Just as the Father placed clean robes on his son in the parable, so God the Father has placed clean robes of righteousness upon us. Just as the Father gave his son a signet ring with the family seal on it, so God our Father has given us authority over sin and sickness. Worship team, please come on up. So what is it you need today? You know, I think so many times, there's so many things I need. I'm so needy. I need healing. I need finances. Some of us might need a home. There are so many things that we need. But you know what we truly need? We need a fresh infilling of God's Holy Spirit. We need the excitement that this day should raise up in us. And we should be up here dancing the jig because we are so excited. We are so grateful that God the Father accepted Jesus' sacrifice and that Jesus was who he said he was. And because of that, we have life everlasting. We should be having life abundantly. And when my life isn't abundant, and I'm not just talking about Monday, money, I'm not happy because I know I'm not where I should be and doing what I should be. But I, whatever your need is, you know, it's not that God only wants us to be spiritual. He cares about your finances. He cares about your health. He cares about your needs, your physical needs. But that, the Bible says that all comes as we seek him. Put him first, and all the rest is given unto us. So this morning, I'm going to invite you to celebrate. Celebrate the risen victor over this world and over death and over sin. Death has no sting for us anymore. We, we mourn, but not as the world mourns, because we know that we shall see our loved ones again and spend eternity with Jesus and them. Hallelujah. Easter is special because it gives us a living personal relationship with the one true God who demonstrated his love in dying for us and his power in raising us from the dead. Hallelujah. He is risen. He is risen indeed.